Welcome to the Broadcast Dialogue podcast, the show all about the media industry in Canada. This episode of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast brought to you by Steve Gorman Rocks, now available in Canada, the influential drummer for the Black Crows and storyteller extraordinaire, will engage your listeners while April Rose provides video and social content. Learn more at MomentumMediaNetworks.com. The Canadian Broadcast Standards Council, the independent organization that establishes standards for Canada's private broadcasters, is seeking a younger perspective. On this episode of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast, we talked to CBSC Chair Sylvie Courtemanche about the need for younger adjudicators, what Canadians are complaining about, and the new standard for closed captioning in Canada. My name is uh, Sylvie Cordemanche, and I am the chair of the Canadian Broadcast Standards Council, and I've been here since January of 2018, just about to start my third year. I have almost 30 years of experience in the communications industry. I started at the CRTC, and from there went on to private industry. I was executive vice president with the Canadian Association of Broadcasters, but I've worked as um, both a consultant, and I was 13 years at Chorus as vice president of regulatory and government relations, so um, been around a long time. Let's start by talking about where things are at in terms of how the complaint process has evolved at the CBSC. Are there any trends that you see emerging in terms of the type and frequency that Canadians are complaining about? Yes, I would say that um, one of the biggest trends that we're seeing is uh, relates to news, and especially fake news, accuracy in reporting, And the other trend we're seeing is iPhones. Um, You know, people are citizen reporters, so they'll send in an an iPhone clip or a video clip uh, they get from their iPhone or whatever handheld device they use, and they provide that clip to the news station. And uh, the news station is starting to incorporate this kind of footage into its news reporting. And sometimes we've had more and more incidences of these, and sometimes we see uh, violent images or uh, things that will upset the uh, television audience. So I would say that the news um, is is our most is our predominant issue now, and it's getting more um, just as a result of you know social media campaigns and people believe that there's a lot of misinformation that is being broadcast. So that's an interesting trend. So both fake news and video footage that's uh, used that's you know that citizens provide to the uh, news services and and those being broadcast that's that's generating quite a, a bit of complaints that's something different from the past for sure so is this resulting in an overall higher volume of complaints that you're reviewing in that area not overall volume i would say the volume is fairly steady but the percentage uh, within that volume is is gravitating more towards news. In terms of regional complaints, there was a very interesting incident recently here in BC revolving mm-hmm. around one specific talk show host. Right. And 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 what's interesting to me is that that one complaint resulted in an overwhelming percentage uh, of complaints for the year where British Columbia was concerned. Can you talk a little bit about that? 
And that's, we call that uh, complaints going viral. Uh, it's a viral complaint where, uh, you know, an issue happens on a particular program that, that just snowballs. And uh, it's happened many times in the past, not just in British Columbia, but, you know, in Ontario and Quebec and, and elsewhere where, um, you know, an issue gets very significant media coverage and, um, you know, there's, whether it's a Facebook campaign or an email campaign, but it, it just snowballs and it just generates a, 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 you know, what we call a viral complaint. It just goes and, uh, and so it's happened several times in the past. This is not the first time. This just happened to happen in British Columbia. You know, where there's an issue, where there are people that have, you know, many people have a, a common interest. It's it's not unusual that that will happen. And in this case, it was a you know a, a, it generated interest from a specific ethnic community, and um, a lot of people felt strongly about it. Um, but like I say, that's happened before. Is is this idea of viral complaints becoming more frequent? It uh, it's been happening. Um, for it started a few years ago through email campaigns or Facebook campaigns. It's relatively new, maybe the last six or seven years, where it's really you know happened more significantly. It's not. I wouldn't say we get a, a large number, but it's it's occurrence. It's it, it happens. You know, we've had email, um, you know, viral complaints where we had, you know, in excess of 6,000 complaints on the same issue. So it 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 depends if it if it generates those those kind of like I say email campaigns or a Facebook campaign, you know, where people say, you know, go to the CBSE website, please make your views known. Um, it, it'll happen. Whether it's going to happen more in the future, hard to say, but it. We can't really anticipate the frequency, and we can't anticipate the issue that's going to generate this kind of interest. It it just happens. Is there a particular region where complaints are trending up? No, I would say that there's no particular region where I would say, you know, there's a a spike in in interest. Um, it's, It's not so much the region as much as the issue itself that will, you know, spike a spike, create a spike. Right now, you're seeking younger CBSC adjudicators. I, I want to talk about what the ideal adjudicator is. Who who is that person, and why it's coming up that you need some younger influence there? Well, the you know the ideal adjudicator is someone who's over eighteen. <laughs> first of all, that person um, needs to be is somebody that's interested in the broadcasting environment or communications in general and how, whether it's music or news or, you know, any type of program where there's an interest in, you know, what's going on and um, how people are being informed and entertained, quite frankly. What's changing is that both TV and radio is trying to, you know, as our demographic gets older, um, they are trying to target, you know, the 18 to 34, the 25 to 54. But as these new audience and demographics are getting younger, we, we do see an evolution in standards, you know, how people perceive, like hip-hop songs, you know. It's very hard for me to determine whether, or, you know, if I'm going to have a panel or an adjudicator on a on a hip-hop song, I want to make sure that um, I have, one, uh, you know, I have an adjudicator that um, is part of the target demographic, 
that they get what's going on. They will have a you know a different perspective than somebody who's over 55 on a hip hop song in particular. So and as hip hop is growing, it, you know, hip hop and R&B and that kind of music is growing way faster than rock music. You know, it it is the new trend. Um, and in new shows, uh, the way um, you know news is reported. Um, like I said, there are videos that are coming out from the community that are being incorporated into newscasts. That's something new, uh, or fairly new. You know, before it was only news operations that created video footage. But with those kinds of changes, a young person will get that that somebody is, you know, seeing an event, a news event, and they will send it into the news station. They'll get that dynamic, and so as you know, demographics change, and you know, uh, people's standards or or how they perceive things change. I need to have those people around the table, and that's why I'm looking for some younger people. What's the average age of a CBSC adjudicator right now? I'm comfortable in saying it's over forty. Average, yeah, and you know, probably closer to fifty. So in that kind of an environment, I, you know, I do have younger adjudicators, but, you know, I, I do, I'd like to bring it back or have a, a greater selection of people that are, you know, 18 plus or 18 to 34 is really what I'm looking for. And this applies to every province? Every province, every region, uh, you know, and in all racial, you know, um, um, whether minorities and, and communities, I, you know, that is what we're looking for. It's not just, you know, people who live in urban areas, but we, we'd love to have younger people who live in, in, in rural areas or smaller regions, um, yeah, maritimes, everywhere. You're also looking for news people from small and medium markets. Can you talk about some of the perceived conflicts that have been coming up in certain adjudications? Well, you know, if we have a, a, we cannot, obviously, somebody who, you know, if you're part of a, a broadcast news operation and there's a complaint lodged against your news program, obviously we can't have an adjudicator from, you know, the same broadcast group. So we we look for people that are from various groups. So in many cases, you know, we have con- because of larger broadcasters that are nationally um, based. Then you know, often case we do have conflicts, and so we we are looking for uh, adjudicators that have journalistic backgrounds and are from the smaller regions because then it's easier to avoid a conflict. Um, and like I say, we're looking for all regions in Canada. We have a quite a, f- a few from the prairies um, that I've managed to secure through uh, when I go to the WAB. So I've I've picked up a few adjudicators from the prairies, but yeah, from BC and Ontario, Quebec, and and, and the Maritimes would be great if we could get more. In terms of other issues that fall under your domain, Sylvie, do you want to talk about the ongoing progress where live captioning is concerned? Yes, I'd love to. Um, the Commission recently, on August uh, 30th, issued its new policy on um, live captioning and the standards that are going to apply to uh, live captioning. And as part of the CBSE's mandate, we are now overseeing the certification process for the NER evaluators. Those are the people who will determine whether the broadcasters are indeed meeting the new NER guidelines. Um, and in that respect, we've been asked to establish an advisory council that will oversee the certification process. And we've also been asked to launch a website that is going to be fully accessible uh, to the deaf and hard of hearing community. 
And I just wanted everybody to know that uh, the uh, first meeting, uh, the initial meeting of the NER Advisory Council um, occurred recently, uh, earlier in October, and we've uh, certified or we've accepted the certification of um, all the NER evaluators that were part of the NER trials, and uh, we've, uh, we've also accepted the certification of the first round of uh, or the following phase of uh, NER certification is going to occur at the end of uh, November. And the reason this is important is that the new NER guidelines are going to become conditions of license uh, as of the 1st of March 2020. And there are a, a number of independent broadcasters out there that are looking for people who have been certified as NER evaluators who can come in and either work in-house or work freelance in order to do these uh, NER evaluations that are required um, to be filed with the commission. And what I wanted to alert everybody is that the next cohort that's coming out at the end of uh, November, like I say, they will be certified and available for freelance and, and for independent broadcasts. So the problem that I'm having is that the NER website that we are going to be launching won't be ready by the end of November. We have some issues. We have to do some ASL interpretation, and, and it's a fairly technical process uh, to make a, a fully accessible uh, website available. So I wanted everybody to know that if you're an independent broadcaster and you're looking for somebody who's going to do, who will be able to do NER evaluations for you, just call the CBSC, um, and uh, we will be happy to provide you with the names and the contact information. We do have one name so far, but we should have about 10 more uh, by the end of uh, November. So our, um, our phone number is uh, 1-866-696-4718. So uh, if you call us, we'll provide you with that information. And I just wanted to make that uh, public because I know that there are some people that are worrying about that right now. In terms of how live captioning is progressing, I know this was a challenge for almost all of the broadcasters. Has all of that been ironed out now? Well, uh, according to the Commission's new broadcasting policy that was issued um, at the end of uh, August, August 30th, yes, there's a new standard. It's called the NER Guidelines, and this is how uh, live captioning will be assessed in Canada, and that started in September. It's an expectation, but it's going to become a, a condition of license as of March 1st. So, yeah, there's a new standard. Now, whether the broadcasters meet this new standard, we won't know right away, but um, it, there's a new way of determining whether live captioning is adequate or not in Canada. Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on, Sylvie? Just um, appreciate everybody's continuing support of the Canadian Broadcast Standards Council, and thank you for your interest as well. Thank you. Our thanks to CBSC Chair Sylvie Cordemanche. For more information on the CBSC, head to cbsc.ca. For Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast, I'm Connie Thiessen. Thanks for listening to Broadcast Dialogue. For more information about the podcast or to receive exclusive access to our weekly briefing about the Canadian media industry, visit us at broadcastdialogue.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud.
you looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness? Then check out the Natural Man podcast. Join me, host Mike C., as we explore all areas of human wellness, physical, mental, and emotional. Learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health. Remember, your doctor works for you. Learn biohacks, neurohacks, ways to improve sleep, and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.